0: Hello, my friend. You are listening to TIEPOD, and today we are joined by Emily Sanders, y'all. Just so you know, we are talking all things client happiness, and I am beyond excited. We've never had anything like this on TIEPOD, so you are absolutely in for a treat. But before I dive in, of course, I gotta give you a little bit of details around my girl, Emily. So, Emily is the CEO of Unpopped, a client happiness agency, and she helps agencies create client centric businesses. To run on referrals and not fumes, okay? Because obviously, don't nobody want their business running on fumes, am I right? Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to TIE Pod, a
1: podcast crafted by Tiana Tie to help you purify your purpose in business love and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur or Dog Mom, we're
0: just getting started. You're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Tai. I've gotta take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support tie pod would not be possible without your reviews your comments and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far so if you haven't already please go on hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content and also be sure to leave a review you may think that i'm not looking at them but i swear to you my friend i read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy so if you haven't already done so hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. (laughs) So without further ado, Emily, 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 please introduce yourself. Tell us all about you and how you ended up chatting with me today.
1: Hey, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Super pumped about that. Um, you did kind of steal my line because that's my one-liner when I tell people about me. So you summarized it pretty well. But it's, yeah, so that's what I do. I actually run a client happiness agency, um, which is kind of funny. It's, it's kind of like a marketing agency in a way, but we primarily do focus on client experiences, client happiness, and using that really to grow your business. And that sounds so silly sometimes, but Really, at Unpopped, we know referrals are the most effective way to market your business. But sometimes the idea of running a client-centric company can fill you with anxiety. It sounds very heavy. It sounds like a lot of work, especially because you think about customizing everyone's experience by hand. It's very time-consuming, and um, often details kind of fall through the cracks when we're trying to you know, make someone's experience extravagant. So essentially, we have developed method, I guess you could say. It's pretty flexible. We don't like to put people into frameworks, but just for P- for CEOs to create repeatable, unskippable client experiences so that they can skyrocket those referrals like we talked about and delight their clients without the anxiety. So all in all, our mission is really that we want to help CEOs love on their clients in a, you know, a systemized way, but a genuine loving way so that they can grow their business in a very organic, genuine place that comes from their heart.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. And you know, I'm familiar with what you do, and I'm just like, yes. yes. <laughs> So I'm curious because I actually don't know this piece of your story, Um, but for those who don't know, and she mentioned it, is that you have a background in marketing and you do have like that marketer's brain. I just know it from even our limited interactions so far, but I'm curious how you and your firm really landed in on focusing on that client experience because I feel like that tends to kind of be an afterthought for people. So can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I'm terrible at telling my personal story. I've been told this. I recently have an about page now on my website. It's crazy, but um <laughs> so, I know it's terrible. So I actually I used to work in design as well, like a freelance designer. And then I also worked in marketing. And there I noticed this like huge gap. I was like, hey, like, why aren't we leveraging opportunities that we take care of people and love on them? There's just like this big kind of gap. And especially as a designer, um Most of my clients, when I was a designer, were people who were burnt by other designers. Not because their design wasn't excellent, not because they didn't get what they wanted, but because of their experience. And what happens is when our specialty is in something like design or... um. I can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> we get so laser focused on that because that's our quote unquote, you know, area of genius. And like you said, the experience sometimes becomes an afterthought because we're just like, man, I'm so good at this. And this is what they hired me for. They're going to love it. And while they do, there's this huge gap. There's this huge gap between the client's experience of working with you and your experience Um And so really that came to my attention and I was like, okay, how can we blend this whole thing? And actually when I met you, I was doing something a little bit different. If you remember, it was was, um, unboxing marketing is what I was Mm -hmm. doing. And it was like introducing the concept of introducing physical boxes to your clients as a way to maybe send a welcome packet instead of, you know, through a PDF or just something that gives them an experience that's so different that you could leverage that kind of in a marketing way. But, um, and so we did that for a while, but I was like, you know what, this runs deeper. Like people won't even recognize this isn't, this is like a, um, a problem. They don't even recognize it. So I was like, okay, we got to start with the basics. And so I stripped down. And so then we decided to, well, I decided to focus on client happiness and then grew a team from there actually. So that's how we got into it.
0: I am so intrigued because you're right. When we initially uh became Instagram friends and we were all getting to know each other and whatnot, it was the unboxed. Okay. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's you. <laughs> and now, no, 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 I knew it was you, but now I am realizing that there has been quite a shift mm-hmm. in terms of just that overall client experience, not just, you know, a singular way to delight. But like you are very strategic with this, am I right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, we look at it. I mean, it is a way to love on people. When I say clients running a client centric business, when I when I say that, it's like when you're running a business with clients first, like we have three key characteristics in our team. And instead of like, these are our team values, it's these are our key characteristics. So it's like every day you show up and do these three things, you will succeed at your job. And one of them is people first. And so running a a client centric business means putting people first. I grew up, When my mama told me people are more important than things and I've just like drilled, she drilled that into me and I drilled that into my business. And, um, so when I say client centric, that's, that's what I mean. Um, but we sometimes forget to consider that when we are looking for leads, you know what I'm saying? Lead generating, um, we get kind of stuck in following best practices and strategies and we don't get too creative or we look for external solutions when we have the in, the answers if we turn inward. And so we, I think really stripping that down, I realized that I was with Unboxing Marketing talking on a very big level. It was kind of like I was a, um, what was that last podcast episode? I think, um, what podcast was I listening to? I don't remember, but she was using this analogy of a professor speaking to kindergartners. And I noticed that when I was talking about <laughs> this big concept, I was talking to kindergartners. I was like, man. I really need to adjust my, you know, the way I'm teaching. And so then I started stripping it down. So, yeah,
0: (laughs) just went on a huge rabbit hole. (laughs) No, I liked the rabbit hole. And it it just brings to mind like that concept of meeting your people where they are. Yes. And I I get that. I yeah. absolutely get that. Even as I entered into this space, I entered with, you know, big aspirations of CEO centered like learning experiences, all of those things. And then I was like, dang it, Tiana, people need help hiring. Because
1: yeah, you're so close <laughs> to it. Cause you're, yeah. you're you're there. That's what that's what your your brain operates on that level. But and people can totally get to that level too. But it's like you gotta start somewhere. And mm-hmm. so we look at it as loving on people, but also from a marketing perspective, um, which has been really fun. Um, we actually, I, I talk a whole lot client experience, client experience, client happiness. But at the end of the day, like the end goal is always referrals and not just willy-nilly, but like very strategically designed experiences to make everybody happy. But then at the end of the day, those are referrals, grow your business like that.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay. So before I dive into just asking you all the questions around referrals and all those things, I want to take it back to the basics and hear from you. Like when we talk, because you say these phrases a lot and they're really, really good, but I want to make sure that anybody listening is totally grounded in what the heck we're talking about. So if you were to describe, define, paint a picture of an excellent Mm -hmm. client experience, what would that look like from your expert perspective?
1: Yeah, first, thanks for reeling it in. You're like, hey, we got to start at the basics.
0: I got you, girl. Yeah, thank you.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, an excellent client experience, like you said, it it varies per business. Um, That's why we don't have like a set framework. We're not like, do this, do this, do this, because everyone's different. Um, But it should meet some minimum standards that we can measure and control. And so, I was not able to find anything out there. So, I was like, well, I'll create it on my own. So, doing some investigation, um, and this is really where Um, the marketing kind of came into play too is when I was uncovering different things is I noticed clients have three basic needs and it's connection, convenience, and results. And so then I created these three pillars and it's kind of, um, so there's double down on human connection. So um, radical generosity and introduce them to a community. So what I do is I teach these principles and I don't say You know, create your experience to be like the, you know, XYZ, but we put together this experience and we measure it against those things. Hey, does your client feel connected? Does everything you put your client through, whether it's onboarding them or sending them designs if you're a designer or whatever, is that convenient for them? And then results are you keeping their eye on the prize? Are you reminding them of that transformation? Those three things always need to be fulfilled and constantly through the experience. And then the pillars are just kind of different ways you could do that, like doubling down on human connection. I mean, it's it's kind of repetitive with the connection, but it's like people love people and relationships, even the cynical ones. I know because I'm married to one <laughs> and he still craves connection. It's connection, connection and the radical generosity going above and beyond. And it doesn't have to be dramatic, you know, or next level. And it doesn't have to be different per client, but just to be radically generous in ways that they've never experienced before. And then introduce them to a community, bringing them in, taking them into um, other relationships just besides yourself, giving them a place that they feel part of your company. If you're a solopreneur, just working with you, whatever that is. So long story short, an excellent client experience kind of um, fulfills these different standards, meets these needs, um, and all in the three pillars.
0: Mm, that's interesting. And I like how you break it down into the three pillars, because that makes it like easier, excuse me, easier to conceptualize, you know, yeah, because and- actionable. So, ha you just brought me into my next question. Oh, yeah. Could you, because here at the Tide Pod audience, everybody loves examples and like, you know, very clear action steps to take or something yes. like that, right? So can we talk about just like how you take those treat three pillars with somebody and translate it into like specific actions they can take and experiences they can put their clients through? Yeah.
1: So I guess at this point, we have like a choose your own adventure. So would you rather me tell you some maybe baby steps that they can take? Like, Hey, try start here. Or do you kind of want me to very broadly walk you through what those steps look like on a, as a whole?
0: Let's go start here with no promises that I won't ask the second part later. Okay. So
1: baby steps. <laughs> yes. Baby steps. Okay. This one will help dramatically. You can do it today. Um, identifying gaps. Okay. And that's so hard for us to do because we're right there close, right? To our, to whatever we do. It's hard, but I make, well, I don't make my, I make my clients. We break up everything that they do with a client. I'm talking from, um, sending them the proposal or an invoice, however you kind of work to offboarding. And then even after like we make a list, we do it in a spreadsheet, um, that I designed, but make a list and everything you do, I'm talking um, send, write email or send proposal, create Google drive, like whatever it is that you're doing and whatever they have to do, write it out in chronological order and then start grouping it. We group onboarding. So maybe, maybe circle or use brackets, whatever floats your boat, kind of, kind of section off as onboarding, um, or I guess it's inquiry, onboarding, working, offboarding and kind of identify and try to see kind of what's missing. Um, in some common areas that are are usually missing with my clients, I can give you a couple. One is between um when the client has paid and the start date. A lot of my clients are small agencies, and sometimes they're booked out. So maybe a client um, has been, you know paid and they're not going to work with you for a month or more. Um, there's like this big space in between. And in that time, momentum kind of dies for the client. The client's excited to work with you. They pay you. They're like, yes, I need this transformation. You're like, great, we'll do it in three weeks. (laughs) In those three weeks, they just, because they're people, they just kind of lose the excitement, lose the momentum. And if you put two little touch points in there, just one, you can kind of keep that momentum going. And at that point, they continue talking about you, continue talking to you. Their eyes are still on the prize. And the touch point doesn't have to be complicated. You can create, you can send them a Loom video literally a loom video x like saying how excited you are to work with them you can just send an email you can have an email template you can do so many different things get creative with it but this the point of this is if we go back to our client needs it's it's connection because they're connecting with them and it's results because there you're reminding them to keep their eyes on the prize i got you we're gonna hit this transformation even though it's not going to be for another couple weeks so um Mm -hmm. that is one really big gap that i see and then another gap that happens often is between, if you're a coach or a consultant or anything like that, between sessions. Um, some clients of mine have weekly, bi-weekly, but there's like that time in between it for us. As a service provider, we're busy, right? We have other clients we're taking care of, or maybe they're deliverables or you know, you're working on other stuff. Time for us passes differently than it does for the client. And so it's really important to make sure that there's still some touch points in there. Um, and when I start talking about this, people get kind of, this is where they start going, oh, this sounds like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can kind of touch on that in a little bit whenever we kind of take a step back um, because that's a whole other thing. Um, I know that we, when we talk about kind of the overall big, you know, steps that that's included in that we take care of that later don't worry but that's the overview look write everything out brain dump identify where those gaps are kind of put some touch points in there
0: can I say I appreciate first of all how simple you made that seem and also the fact that y'all even if you don't realize this you're basically telling us to slow the heck down
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just for like an afternoon, an afternoon. Just do it in an afternoon and map it out, redesign how that looks. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Oh my God. So you are like a woman after my own heart right now because you know, like with a lot of the things that we both talk about on a daily basis, some of it does, and most service providers, quite frankly, it requires you to slow down for like just. Yep. Just take a couple hours, friend, guys. So I'm actually going to do exactly what you said. And I'll like, I'll put it on my Instagram story and like tag you. (laughs) Ooh, you know what? Let's make this, this is interactive. This is going to be fun, guys. So anybody listening to this episode, she just listed a very simple baby step that you can do to improve your client experience. So what we're going to do, this is a new Tide Pod challenge, is you are going to do it. (laughs) And tag us in that bad boy so that we can love on you and appreciate the fact that you slowed the heck down for just a couple hours to get this thing started. <laughs>
1: yes. You will never not have homework after talking to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Never. I love it so <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So is it, is now a good time to, uh, qu- uh, take advantage of my part two?
1: Yeah. Let's, let's like kind us. of step back. Yeah. Yeah. Do it for yes, us. Yes, Okay. <laughs> so there are, I would say there are three different phases of this whole, um, um, Oh my goodness. The whole thing that I take my clients through, <laughs> my goodness, my brain fart, my words are, words are hard. Um, so there are three major phases and the first one is we're going to, like I said before, learn about how do we measure that happiness? Like, um, how do we, and we'll talk about that later, I think. Right. About how do we know? Yeah, whatever. Okay. So we're going to really look at the foundation, those three pillars, those three needs and have an understanding of that. Good. Check. Brain dumped it. Good. Check. We're done with phase one. Y'all are doing great. Okay. So then the (laughs) next part of it is you need to strip down. That's the thing. Um, I'm a minimalist at heart. This applies to business too. I need you to look at your client experience and say like, what is not necessary? You know, what does, is it working for me? Things of that nature um, and strip them out. I can give you some examples. So. Um, one example that I would say, or things you hate, this is a great example. One of my clients, she hates discovery calls, hates them. I was like, oh man, I mean, that's kind of a crucial part, right? Um, mm-hmm. because you, you have that connection and that, um, face to face and, you know, we've got to make, if we're going to take that out cause you hate it, we need to, you know, adjust other things to kind of, um, substitute what's missing. So in that, the client need that's missing would be connection right? And then results too, because on a call, you know, when you're on a sales call, you're like constantly reminding them of that transformation. So what Mm -hmm. we did instead was after when they apply to work with her, she sends them back a loom video and the loom video highlights very specifically things in the application and reminds them of their results and all of this kind of stuff. It keeps her like, she can do that super late at night when it's convenient for her. And she doesn't have to worry about, um, being face-to-face with the client, like because <laughs> not everyone likes that kind of stuff. Some people just want to have the least face-to-face time and then go in their hole and do their work. <laughs> and so kind of stripping down the things that you hate or the things that aren't necessary. And that's like a big part of making sure that it isn't overwhelming you because you don't want a fancy pants client experience. When we uh, When I work with my clients, we actually go through their brain dump and it's about... I was I was using my hands and saying yay long, but it's a certain length. And then after we kind of redesign it as in take out things we don't need or replace things that they hate with things that they love, it ends up almost being 50% shorter. Mm. Which is crazy. We do so many things thinking we're going the extra mile and we're giving them an awesome experience. In reality, we're making more work for ourselves and we're not hitting our goal there. So that's like a huge part of um the face too, is really. I'm looking at the all the touch points and redesigning and stripping it down and uh, making sure everything's smooth, like the onboarding, offboarding. And that's a whole nother conversation, but that's part of it. And then the last phase is um, really writing out now that you have your redesigned experience, you're going to go to the side of it and write out how it's going to happen, right? So I like to put... Um, are we going to automate this? Are we going to outsource this? Or are we going to um, systemize this? And you go through every single baby step and you put down how it's going to happen. And more than not, the majority of it, you can automate. And that leaves you those pieces that you kind of have to do by hand, maybe a little bit. They're usually Mm -hmm. like templates or something like that. Um, You have so much more time to do them.
0: Oh my God. Okay. I have to jump in because again, freaking woman after my own heart, you just made me so happy. Um, cut, so from the same cloth. cut from the same cloth, y'all. So for those who are familiar just with the work I do in hiring, you just said literally one of the key things that we do when they're breaking down just like their daily tasks, which yes. is identifying What they need to automate, what they need to delegate, what needs to get systematized, or what they just need to stop doing. Because we know whenever you do your actual daily tasks, sometimes Mm -hmm. a lot of solopreneurs need to just cut some stuff out. But that just made me so happy because it still taps into that idea of like being as efficient and productive as you possibly can Mm -hmm. because there's no need for y'all to be outsourcing some of this work to a VA. I know a lot of people hire VAs to help them with like client management. When Emily just told, you make sure you check what you can systematize and actually like um automate in this process so that was gold i hope everybody paid absolute attention to that part <laughs> yes <laughs> so good so so good okay did you wrapped up the three phases i didn't interrupt you with my excitement no, you're good
1: I? do we need to talk okay. about okay i think <laughs> something's important though is um You know, if you're doing all this, this is a long game. I should clarify this. If you are using this, I mean, I hope you're just wanting to do this because you love your clients, but if you want to do this too for kind of a way to market yourself and get referrals and all that, this is a long game, people. I'm not going to lie to you. This is not your quick fix. This is not... You know, you have to work with a client before they can usually refer you out the butt. Um, This Mm -hmm. is a long game, but it's more sustainable. It is so affordable. (laughs) So affordable. And it primarily runs itself once you kind of got that all set up. But it is a long game. So I don't want to deceive anyone there.
0: This episode is brought to you by Interact. Remember those BuzzFeed quizzes like, what type of ice cream are you? Yeah, Interact is a tool for creating quizzes just like those, except it also acts as a way for your business to generate leads and build that oh-so-important email list. I use it to host my quiz, What's Your Enneagram Leadership Type? With hundreds of ready-made templates and the option to create unlimited quizzes from scratch, you will literally have hundreds of opportunities to attract the right clients, especially new ones. Don't miss out on this beautiful opportunity to grow your business in a fun and unique way. You can sign up for Interact today by heading on over to the show notes and getting a link to create your first Quiz for free right now. That's right. I said it is free ninety nine to create your first quiz. It doesn't get much better than that. Why don't you give us the uh, four one one on yeah, knowing whether or not like we're actually succeeding in this. (laughs) Yeah, that's yes,
1: that's important. Um, especially with the marketing background, metrics are like kind of important. Um, I love data. I love all those things. No, you do too. So there's actually a (laughs) metric for this. Believe it or not, it's called an NPS score. That means net promoter score. Um, And it's based on percentages. It's uh, basically analyzing, like, what is the metric that represents how many of your clients would refer you? And I'm not talking, you you know, do a testimonial and you're like at the end, um, would you tell a friend about me? And or like on a scale from one to 10, how great was this? You know, not something like that. This is, I'll kind of give you the rundown, but it's a one question survey. I send anonymous, like I run quarterly and Mm -hmm. I have my clients do it too. And it is anonymous as well, because you don't want your clients to, you know, lie to you because they can, because you know, it's them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's um, actually, we send out a, an email to all of the clients that we've had in the past. And we ask them very simply, We and we say, hey, this is anonymous, like completely, you don't have to put your name in front of it. It is on a scale from one to 10. We do it in type form because it's beautiful. Um, and we say on a scale from one to 10. Would you refer unpop to a friend? Really simple. And they cast their vote and there's a formula and you put in how many people voted this, that number, or the other. There are the there are three different groupings. So there is one grouping and it, I think it's I'm having a joint one to three, one to four. Yeah. One to four (laughs) are your detractors. So there are people who would not recommend you. And then we have kind of our people in the middle They're They're just neutral. They can't make up their mind. And then nine to to ten are your promoters. So there's a formula we plug it into. That might be a topic for another day because it's very visual but it it plops you out a percentage um maybe we could put a link in maybe the show notes maybe absolutely okay cool (laughs) um i should probably note that so we don't forget but um yeah and it plops out this percentage and it's just it's saying hey this is your mps this is how many of your clients are happy with their experience with you and would refer you to a friend and so we run this with our clients before working with them Every single client does this before working. Like, before we do anything, we didn't know where you are. And at the very end, we got to let you know your client experience run its course, and then we're going to take it again. Because if there's no change there, we did not do our job for you.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, first of all, like, and I... It, Back from my corporate experience, I've heard of NPS, never had anything to do with it, but I've heard the word, right? But it never crossed my mind uh, that it would be extremely beneficial to run a before and after on that score. That is next level. That's very smart. Yes. Well, it just makes it less of a conceptual, oh, our clients are happy. Because happy
1: is very like, okay, that's great. I'm glad your clients are happy. But whenever you see that they're happy, so they do something, that speaks Mm -hmm. volumes. So Absolutely. it's so, and it's a client experience's job. And my, I stand and believe firmly that it is the job of a client's experience to make them like raving fans and love you and promote you.
0: Absolutely. So, what is coming to me right now is like, okay, I have you know, taken or assessed my entire client experience and maybe Mm -hmm. tweaked some things, did what I can do myself if I'm going the DIY route, right? So I did, you know, what my own creative brain is capable of doing. Um, I started implementing things like this net promoter score that you mentioned, right? But now, for example's sake, let's pretend I'm like kind of stuck. And maybe I'm a little bit anxious, and I think we touched on this earlier, around whether or not I'm actually going to be able to maintain this entire process, right? It's a huge fear, especially for any entrepreneur, unless you've got like a team of 10 by now. Most Mm -hmm. of the leaders that I work with, they're not really looking to start super involved processes, right? So I want to hear from you, like, how do we make this entire process kind of low maintenance while still giving like that unskippable experience you're always telling us about
1: yeah so if the if you want to be very low maintenance because honestly mine is incredibly low maintenance because I'm a low maintenance kind of gal I like everything to be as simple as possible you will find that when you design your client you know you you brain dump and you redesign and all that kind of stuff when you redesign do not go ham I think that's the big problem at the end of the day if you brain dump revise figure out how to systemize and automate if you after that you should actually feel oh i can do this but if you don't you've gone a little bit ham in the designing stage so what you need to do is really revisit that um and and try to strip that down a little more sometimes we think oh my gosh we have gaps we have to fill these gaps and we just kind of start overstuffing it so that Mm -hmm. would be the first step i would recommend um and then the other thing is most people get overwhelmed because that's not how their brain works. To be frank, um, sometimes the whole looking at the all the automating it, and systemizing it, it looks it's kind of overwhelming, and you might a little you might need a little help. That at the end of the day, whether it's outsourcing that and hiring someone, or if that's asking even a friend to like, hey can you like help me take a look over this? And I'm um, kind of stripped down or how do I, you know, break this down? I know a lot of people are really great with big vision, and big picture. When it comes to breaking it down, it it can give you a lot of anxiety. Um, And that's, that's usually when at the point where you need to really probably ask for help. <laughs> now it's probably not the sexiest answer, but <laughs> that's what I got.
0: Oh, you're talking to a hiring expert. It's a sexy answer to me. <laughs> I'm on the right podcast. <laughs> you are on the right podcast. Yeah, I work with a lot of what we call like the visionary entrepreneurs, right? Uh, and they're my favorite. So, yeah, is, I me. mean, <laughs> freaking delightful. And I won't even tell a lie. I can turn on like those integrator detail orientation skills. Mm. They do not come naturally. And it takes me twice as long as if I were to like outsource some of the stuff to other people. That so just- sense. Yeah. Just putting that out there. Some of us are visionaries and we got to be okay with it and rock it.
1: (laughs) It's And that is such a strength. Like if you don't mind me asking, what's your Enneagram? Do you know your Enneagram? Are you one of those?
0: Yep. Type five. You're five.
1: Oh, okay. I'm an eight.
0: Ooh, the boss, (laughs) the challenger. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I will tell you, um, how familiar are you with fives? Super familiar.
1: I'm pretty familiar, but I'll tell you, I'm really familiar with fours and sevens. And they're like, for some reason, they flock to me. And I'm like, okay, y'all's emotion, energy for life. I need (laughs) y'all to like take it down five notches.
0: (laughs) I've got to tell you two of the best friends in my life. A four is my absolute best friend. And a seven is her boyfriend, who I've been friends
1: with for 10 years. That's crazy. So tell me about fives real quick. Like, tell me more about the five.
0: Similar to an eight, we're not the most emotional of creatures. Um, So the interesting thing about fives that I always bring up, because we're not robots, so that's what people get. Mixed up about fives quite often is that fives are like this unicorn and that we feel emotions, but we can quite easily say, hmm, this emotion is no longer serving me. So I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> no, thanks. and total opposite <laughs> from like my best friend who's yep. a four, who just like lives in the emotion. And I'm like, yeah, how
1: do you do that? <laughs> it's, it sounds exhausting. I compartmentalize. Like that's my, uh, that's like a weakness, but also a strength. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. You get Five, it. Yeah. Yeah. Got a, <laughs> we've got a lot of weaknesses that are also strengths. So, you know, it is what it is. It I down. wonder, hmm, this is a totally random question. You do not have to have an answer for it. But since we're talking about Enneagram, yeah, I wonder if uh, you feel like any of that could potentially impact the client experience if we were like looking to really take things to <gasps> oh, the
1: next level. Oh, this is a great question. I've actually received a similar one. And one was um she said hey
0: all my clients
1: have different love languages you know the love languages she was like how do I design my experience like I want to design my experience that everyone feels loved in the way they feel loved and I was like Wow. I love that so it's kind of a similar question because um there are a bunch of things you have to consider when you design your experience I I don't want to like overwhelm you and fire hose you because that's part of the client experience I'm not supposed to do that to you um (laughs) but um (laughs) you know there there's there are different ways to do that so for instance um and it also depends on what your love language is or what you're integrating because say for instance you're a five the people who are attracted to you and work with you are not going to be the same as you but they're usually they jive with you for some reason Mm -hmm. so for instance if you are um say you're a big gifter let's just say you're a big gifter and every client that you work with you want to send them like a thank you card or something right um People who are uh, drawn to you are typically, typically, wow, that was weird, going to be the kind of person that appreciates that. And so what I've found is when we let ourselves be creative and not limit ourselves, because what we want, what we tend to do is be like, okay, well, I have to do this. And this part, this, you know, offboarding is supposed to include this, 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 and we put ourselves in these boxes. But when you really like, let your creative juices just kind of go, and you kind of stretch and lean into what you like and lean into your own creativity. I'm blown away sometimes at what kind of experiences we put together. My my clients, when they like really lean into their own ideas and they create these really great moments or touch points that... Um, really make their clients feel super loved in a bunch, in a different, different ways. So I I haven't thought specifically on Enneagrams and I'm going to now, but I I definitely think when you lean into your own creativity and your own tendencies and the way that you feel loved or you feel cared for or the way that, or things that make you happy, it makes you happy and they feel that energy and they feel happy.
0: Absolutely. I get that. And um, I'll just like validate a piece of what you said, because even as a type five, right, or or if we think about a type five versus like a type two, who is that like highly relational creature, right? And they have yes. a lot of feelings, too. Yeah. Uh, the way that I'm going to make my clients feel special probably is not going to look the same as the way a two is going to make it feel special or like yeah. Emily was saying the way a gift giver is going to make their clients feel special may not look exactly the same as somebody who like values quality time, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. I love what you're saying about just like leaning into who you are and letting the creativity kind of take over from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, so good. Okay. So uh, let me ask you a fun, fun question. I feel like, mm, I still want to ask it because something different could come out of it. So I'm still going to ask you this question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because we kind of just touched on it a bit, but like, let's, let's stretch Emily, you guys for all of the ideas. <laughs> let's so do it. what I want to hear from you is just like, there are a lot of us in this space, right? And everybody's always, Not always, but people tend to struggle with like (laughs) scarcity and the comparison syndrome and, you know, like watching people's stories. We're constantly watching people receive gifts and do that and this and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my question for you is um, just some advice, again, even if you reiterate, just on how people can differentiate themselves when it comes to their client experience and really feel rooted and okay that whatever their version of this is, is the ideal version for their clients. Yeah, Ooh, that's a
1: good question. Um, so first off, I want to tell you that most people are not prioritizing this right now so right right off the bat right out the gate you are 10 steps ahead of your of of your peers and in your industry so just i just want to let you know that you already got a you know ahead there but then to answer the question even more um really, I do have to read a little, a little bit, really just like leaning into trusting yourself. I think that's a big one. We're taught so many things. Like this is how you be a CEO. You might hear that. This is how you hire. Mm-hmm. This is how you do all these things We're you know, we're, we're, Told how all the time, and while it's really great to have these guidelines, like I'm sure that you give guidelines, I give guidelines when it's with experiences. But by letting your trusting yourself and coming up with your own ideas, no one is the same person as you. No one is going to have the same ideas as you, and no one is going to design their client experience like you do. I have never worked with a client who has designed their experience that was anything like anyone else's.
0: They're all different. Wow. So intriguing, because I won't tell you a lie, like one of the things that popped into my head, which I'm sure someone else did, is like, oh, this is going to be cool, like it's good work to do, but chances are like whatever my gift is, is going to be exactly the same as so-and-so, and like that's that like limiting belief around all this, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good way to explain it, because yeah, that's an exceptional way to explain it. That's also why I work really hard to never say like, here is my framework, or here are my, what is it, methodology, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I need to actually start kind of figuring out a better word to describe it because there is some structure, but it's not like do X, Y, Z because everyone's different. I don't want to box anyone because I don't want them to box themselves up. So we kind of just go through these different phases, but the clients, it's amazing how the clients will guide themselves through it just without even really realizing how creative they're getting with it and how, um, and when I say how creative, I'm not saying, all these crazy over the top ways, but there are some simple ways that clients will do. Be like, "Oh, I want to do this," and I'm like, "Oh, snap! That's a really great idea. I've never heard of that before, or I never thought of it that way." Um, so yeah, every everyone's different, and I've I, you know, maybe I'll t- I'll tell you one day when I'm like, "Hey, I finally found someone who did the exact same thing <laughs> as someone no else." But I don't know when that's going to be. Probably Hopefully, never. never. Yeah, I don't think not. so. Everyone's <laughs> so
0: different. Yes, that's so true. And I love just acknowledging that. I think it makes it uh, feel more manageable and also more exciting just to have that kind of peace of mind that we're not all going to be carbon copies of each other, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: fun. Let it be fun. And that's the biggest lesson I'm, I am even learning in my own business in a bunch of different areas. Let it be fun. And I'm not like a happy-go-lucky person. Guys, I'm an eight. I'm like, it's hard for me to be like, oh, this is going to be fun. No, everything's business. It's serious but this mm-hmm. can be, it can be fun. Let it be fun.
0: Yes. Okay. Is there, as we wrap up for the day, because this has been so good already, but I want to open the floor. Is there anything you really wish I would have asked you or even just any final words you have for people?
1: Hmm. <laughs> you know, I think you asked amazing questions, really cover the basics, but I think the only thing I would like to really end on is don't let the idea of this overwhelm you. Do not overthink it. Do not think even, you know, as much as this is like my business, um, don't feel like you have to immediately go hire like anyone to help you do this. You can, like we were talking about earlier, just start small. You can even start by just cutting things out because more than often we'll find ourselves fire hosing our clients sometimes. So um, just start small, map out what you got, cut some things out, take one step at a time. It doesn't have to be a whole hoopla um no one as uh, someone told me um who was it hannah i forgot her uh, what is her last name her uh, woke space her name is on instagram one thing she told me that i will never forget she said emily nobody is in a rush except for you and i wouldn't tell you the same thing even when it comes to this just work at it slowly nobody is in a rush except for you
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. I think that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful advice to end on. Now, I know that you said, you know, don't feel the pressure, do it yourself, do it at your own time. All yeah, of but those also things. work with me. Exactly. <laughs> so let's get let's get to the goods because I know that there are people listening right now who are like, okay, forget all that. Where can I connect with Emily like tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: definitely. So we're unpop. That's you in popd that's we're on instagram that's un- unpopped.com reach me however you want um and there are there are about three different ways that we can work together and i would love to help you with this obviously this makes me like thrilled out my mind and also
0: i will give you an awesome client experience duh oh my <laughs> god you guys <laughs> well thank you thank you thank you so much for joining us here today this was fantastic and i know everybody got so much value out of it
1: Thank you for having me. So much fun.